All right, welcome back once again to the Counter Vortex with your ranter, Bill Weinberg, ranting at you in the wee hours of the morning of October 9th from my apartment on Manhattan's Lower East Side. And uh, boy, have I got some ranting to do today. All right, this was just ultra cringe. Last weekend, last Sunday, one of our old um, stalwarts from the Lower East Side anarchist uprising of the 1980s, I will refrain from calling him out by name for the moment, uh, was leading a criminally stupid anti-vax rally in Tompkins Square Park, spewing all this malarkey about how the virus doesn't really exist or it isn't really dangerous and the death statistics are cooked, etc., etc., etc. While in reality, I mean, the death toll is probably low-balled, with lots of COVID deaths going uncounted in places like the Indian Reservations and Appalachia, and certainly across much of the Third World in places like the Amazon Rainforest. Back in March, Peru had to revise its death toll from 68,000 to 180,000, the highest per capita in the world, after taking stock of initially unreported deaths. And this denialism is actually the least dangerous thing that these fools are saying. It's actually, actually it's much worse than that. There was another such, I didn't happen to witness it, but there was another such anti-vax rally here in my neighborhood, up at Union Square on Labor Day, which similarly seems to have, uh, you know, brought out elements of both the right and left. I mean, you know, you wouldn't think that you, that you would be getting this kind of, uh, you know, reactionary response even here in supposedly progressive New York City, but they're here too. That's what's really scary about it. And at this, uh, this march in Union Square, apparently, I saw the photos in uh, the Village Sun the protesters were actually donning the yellow star, which, of course, you know, Jews were famously forced to wear in Nazi Germany. And similarly, I saw photos on the Internet of a rally in the Netherlands where protesters actually donned Nazi uniforms to mock COVID containment measures like having to wear a mask or engage in social distancing or take the vax. Now, this is dangerous on multiple levels. I mean, a lot of people got, you know, initially started getting sucked into this whole conspiranoid mentality. Well, I suppose, you know, it's been around for a very long time. And uh, certainly the JFK assassination was kind of a defining event in relatively recent history. But uh, really 9-11 was a turning point where, you know, it sort of turned into a mini industry. But, you know, all of the theorizing about JFK and 9-11 was relatively harmless compared to this, where they are actually now threatening public health. I mean, we all know, or in any event, we all should know that the breakthrough strains, which are now beginning to emerge, which the vaccine does not protect you against or not as effectively, are developing among this pool of the unvaxxed. So again, this propaganda is endangering public health. And if you don't want to take the vax for some irrational reason, that you feel that, you know, your body is so sacrosanct that you can't, you know, uh, defile it, by submitting to a momentarily unpleasant jab in your arm, 
in order to serve the public good, and in fact, probably your own good, well, okay, but at least if you're going to refuse the vax, at least wear a freaking mask and avoid spreading your damn virus to the rest of the populace. But ironically, it's those who are refusing the vax who are also refusing to mask up. It's absolutely maddening. And then it gets even worse. A few days later, on um, October 4th, there was another anti-vax march up at Union Square where the protesters actually attacked, physically attacked, a uh, mobile COVID-19 testing site. And not quite a tent, but kind of a um, an awning on tent poles had been set up on the sidewalk where presumably the city health department was uh, was actually not even giving out the vax, but just doing testing for COVID-19. And these so-called protesters, an all-too-flattering word for these idiots, actually attacked it and knocked it over. I mean, it just boggles the mind that people can be this stupid. But, you know, ultimately, what's even more frightening is the politics which are behind it, which are behind this reality-denying thinking, if we can flatter it by calling it thinking. And it's a case study in what I mean by paradoxical fascist pseudo-anti-fascism, which is a phenomenon which uh, is unfortunately on display all over the world. I mean, you can see it in the, you know, racist militia right baiting the federal government as jackbooted thugs, at least when Democrats are in power, and the increasingly fascistic Vladimir Putin regime portraying the Ukrainians as Nazis to justify his aggression, his military aggression against Ukraine. And you can see it in all of these anti-vax fools who employ superficial anti-fascist rhetoric about standing up to the man when they enable the Trumpian right and embrace science denialism and Hitlerian notions of letting the useless eaters, in Hitler's term, that is to say the elderly, the immune-compromised, etc., die in their hundreds of thousands. Maddening enough that this bandwagon exists in the first place, but far worse that I have real-life friends who are on it here in supposedly progressive New York City, literally echoing Fox News while they bait everybody else as brainwashed sheeple, utterly through the looking glass. And so dangerous to be bandying about these Nazi analogies that, you know, the vaccination mandates are equal to the human medical experiments that went on in the death camps. I have literally seen Facebook memes making precisely this analogy. And, you know, these fools up at Union Square donning the yellow star, trivializing the Holocaust by comparing it with getting vaccinated in the midst of a pandemic? And the other one I hear over and over again is that, you know, veganism and a healthy lifestyle will keep your immune system robust and you have nothing to fear from COVID if you live a healthy lifestyle with the, you know, implicit corollary that if you do get sick and die, it's your own damn fault and you deserve it. And this really exposes how they are indoctrinated in Nazi, let the useless eaters die propaganda. A lot of people don't remember 
who haven't actually studied the era, that the, um, the Nazi euthanasia program was actually the first step toward the Holocaust. Before the Jews or the Roma or the homosexuals were targeted, it was the disabled who were targeted for mass extermination as useless eaters. Reading a little blurb from the uh, website of the U.S. Holocaust Museum, in the autumn of 1939, two years, I will interject, before the mass extermination of the Jews got underway, Adolf Hitler secretly authorized a medically administered program of mercy death, quote-unquote, codenamed Operation T4. Between 1940 and 1941, approximately 70,000 Austrian and German disabled people were killed under the T4 program, most via large-scale killing operations using poison gas. The methodology served as a precursor to the streamlined extermination methods of the final solution. The killings continued until the war's end, resulting in the murder of an estimated 275,000 people with disabilities. End quote. <clears throat> so this is what you sound like to me, all of you anti-vax fools with your implicit or explicit talk about how the lives of the elderly and the ailing and the immune-compromised are expendable, and ultimately that they deserve death. As you go around and bait others as Nazis because they want you to wear a mask or take a vaccination in the midst of a pandemic. Now, this is using the word Nazi in the sense of, you know, a grammar Nazi or a soup Nazi. That is bogus hyperbole for anyone who tells me to do something that I don't want to do. While it is the let the useless eaters die mentality of the anti-vaxxers that smacks of actual Nazi ideology. And here I'm going to read a little quote from uh, Lewis Thomas, who was a uh, popular science writer of the 1970s, particularly the biological sciences, who wrote back in 1979 on the growing tendency to eschew medical science in favor of the notion that, quote, healthy life habits, end quote, can magically fend off all disease and even death itself. In an essay which is contained in his book um, of 1979, The Medusa and the Snail, Notes of a Biology Watcher, he wrote, quote, There is a bifurcated ideological appeal contained in the life habits doctrine. Both ends of the political spectrum can find congenital items. At the further right, it is attractive to hear that the individual, the good old-fashioned freestanding Free enterprising American citizen is responsible for his own health, and when things go wrong, it's his own damn fault for smoking and drinking and living wrong, and he can jolly well pay for it. On the other hand, at the left, it's nice to be told that all our health problems, including dying, are caused by the failure of the community to bring up its members to live properly. And if you really want to improve the health of the people, research is not the answer. You should upheave the present society and invent a better one. At either end, 
you can't lose, end quote. <laughs> and, you know, allow me to add that I do believe in upheaving the present society, and I ride a bicycle every day, and I haven't had a bite of red meat since I was 15 years old. I am all for healthy living. But I was also purged from WBAI radio for opposing the health quackery of Gary Null, notorious snake oil salesman. And, you know, this anti-maskery and, you know, COVID denialism that we're hearing now is far worse. If you think, you know, that veganism makes you immune to COVID-19, well, you know, please alert the medical establishment. And yes, meanwhile, you know, as we're talking here, the virus is continuing to mutate, which is going to necessitate booster shots and new vaccines and so on, precisely because enough people are not getting vaxxed at all, allowing a pool for these new strains to emerge from. So they're actually creating what they fear. They're creating a situation where we're going to have to get vaxxed more. Thank you very much. And a part of the problem is, you know, the vax refusers here in the U.S. and Europe. But uh, ultimately, a bigger part of the problem is that the vax has simply not been made available to much of the rest of the world, especially the global south. I'm going to read from a story on in the Associated Press of September 23rd. Vaccine apartheid. Africans tell the U.N. they need vaccines. Quote, the U.S., Britain, France, Germany, and Israel are among the countries that have begun administering booster shots or announced plans to do so. While, meanwhile, you know, adding, summing up what they said earlier in the piece, you know, most of Africa has not received the vaccine at all. While we're starting to get booster shots here in places like New York City. Nabibia's president, Hage Geingab, if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, called it Vaccine apartheid, quote-unquote, a notable reference given the country's own experience with apartheid when neighboring South Africa's white minority government controlled Southwest Africa, the name for Namibia before its independence in 1990. Quote, there is a virus far more terrible, far more harrowing than COVID-19. It is the virus of inequality said the president of the Indian Ocean Island nation of the Seychelles, Wavel Ramkalawan. The grim consequences of COVID-19, continuing with this AP story, the grim consequences of COVID-19 hit Tanzania, especially hard when the East African country's then-president, John Magafule, who had insisted the coronavirus could be defeated with prayer, died in March, the presidency went to his deputy, Samia Suluhu Hassan, who has since changed Tanzania's course on the pandemic, but still sees great challenges ahead. End quote. Well, terribly sorry about what Tanzania went through under the wacky President John Magafuli, who, yes, died from COVID-19 back in March. Ay, ay, ay. But, uh, you know, judging from, uh, you know, all of these African leaders speaking in a single voice to the United Nations opposing vaccine apartheid, there is much less of this anti-vax jive and COVID denialism on the African continent than there is in North America. Gee, I wonder why. So rather than protesting the vaccine, 
It is denial of the vaccine to the third world that you fools should be protesting. And I'm sorry, but there is a big element of privileged white boy cluelessness to this anti-vax bullshit. At best, and a distinct whiff of outright fascism to it at worst. So please, snap the fuck out of it, you dangerous fools. This has been Bill Weinberg with the Counter Vortex. Check us out online at countervortex.org. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash countervortex. Join the Counter Vortex. Join the resistance. Get the damn vax and rant on you next time.